0: How can we grow thriving, creative businesses without constantly hustling, sacrificing our mind, body, and creativity, or living a life where the fear of where the next client or customer will come from keeps us up at night, or disconnected from our family, friends, and passion? This show is going to answer those questions My name is Naftala Roberts, and I specialize in helping true creatives like yourself grow simple, strategic, and thriving creative businesses. Thank you
1: so much for joining us today. Let's jump on in. Hey there, welcome to The Thriving Creative, where every week we talk about living life creative in a way that is different than the traditional success model. One of my most favorite ways to journey with you all is to bring you interviews with awesome creatives who have figured out how to learn and then lean into their creativity and build a life they love. This week, we have such a treat for you. Today's guest is Karen Newhart, who is a color and print obsessed DIY queen who has been helping women create beautifully lived in lives through home design advice and DIY tutorials on her blog, Never Skip Brunch. She's also the host of a home design podcast called Make Space. Kara's untraditional path to living life creative is so inspiring for those of us who ever doubt we have what it takes to creatively succeed in our lives and in any attempts to make business or career. Kara's goal and mission is to help Women dive deeper than pin-worthy rooms and beat, I love this, the boys club culture of home improvement to empower women to design their homes in a way that they love on their terms. Her wisdom and spunk is infectious and I can't wait to have you journey with her today. Let's jump on in. Hello, hello. I am so
0: excited to have you here today on the Thriving Creative Podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we are going to dive into all sorts of things, creative and DIY. But before we start, would you tell our audience just a little bit about your journey to doing what you do? Yeah. So,
2: Journey starts way back when making has just always been a part of my life. Um, my dad was a builder and realtor. So from a young age, like I was introduced to power tools. And while my other friends got to have perky retail jobs with discounts, I was installing electrical outlets and crawling around in hot attics. Um, and then on the other side of it, like my mom and my grandma were very, very artsy. I described my mom to people as if Pinterest was a person, it would be my mother. Like I'm not even kidding. So making was always a part of my life. Like every birthday party was a craft focused thing. Like everything was very like hands on. Um, But I was also a total nerd. So come high school and when it was time to go to college, I had good ACT scores, 4.0, just nerd speech and debate champion, like nerdy as could be. So I really got pushed because of that towards like the business side of things Mm. and ended up going to school for business. Um, I still mind-earned art because there was still a piece of me that was just so creative and I couldn't really kind of get fully into the business side. So... um, yeah, did that. Went to work in corporate oil and gas. My title was literally a landman. So I've kind of grown up with like boy clubs, boys clubs my whole life between like playing sports with the boys to like working in corporate oil and gas, which is very male dominated to now like going to the home improvement store. And like, I'm one of like five girls in there, like shopping for lumber. Um, So that's something I've just gotten used to, I think. But my my journey didn't really become clear that I needed to be creative and go into DIY. I kind of tried on fashion blogging first, mm-hmm. um, which yeah, really sounds so random now, but like was such a good experiment. I think, cause at that time I was a young mom, like I needed to kind of get in touch with like my new flabby mommy body and like see, you know, be comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. and be comfortable sharing online. And so, started with that, uh, shared one home decor post as I was expanding into lifestyle. And it just resonated way better than anything I ever hit mm-hmm. published on. So took a hard right turn into home and DIY. And now I get to spend every day empowering women to DIY big and create a home they're legitimately in love with. So that's
0: how that's, we got here. <laughs> that's so fun. And I love all the different points. Where... If anywhere in that journey, did you face some struggles or some maybe some doubt? Like did that come up for you at all? Oh, all over.
2: Yeah. I feel like there's a bunch of little things that um kind of little pivots I made where I tried something and didn't work. Like Mm -hmm. for example, at one point I had a t-shirt company where I was selling my like t-shirts with watercolor art on them. And just that thing totally flopped. Like it was a great experiment. It taught me how to build a website. It taught me how not to market a product. It taught me all these things about business that I didn't learn in school. Like I went to school for business, Mm -hmm. but when it came to doing that in a creative setting, like it was hard to figure that out and hard to navigate. And so, um, yeah. And then with fashion blogging too, that was something that I kind of learned, like, I don't know that just storytelling is so important mm-hmm. um and not necessarily as a ma- as a maker in that capacity but just as a creative that like telling your story is kind of where you should start as a business mm-hmm. owner and that's something that again they don't tell you in business school I was told like oh your mission and your values are just something you kind of tack on for good corporate culture like but that is like the core that is where you start and that's like yes. what you have to have
0: before mm-hmm. the money can mm-hmm. be there so yeah yeah. For sure. Okay, I've been like fervent writing over here. So a couple of yeah. things that like really stood out to me and that I want to like highlight is just one, I think there's this lie that a lot of creatives believe is mm-hmm. that like, oh, people that go to business school know how to write business plans. They know yes. how to be in business. And I love yes. that you pointed out that no, yes, you had some understanding of some things but really, your growth has come from trying, yes. learning, failing, uh-huh. improving. Yeah, um, and that—that's the journey of a thriving creative. It's not necessarily having a wealth of knowledge that you just yes. come to the table with, but that oh, it yeah. is the trying, learning, failing, tweaking, growing. Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Oh, and, and with that, like so. I don't know whose analogy this is, so I apologize for not giving attribution, but I heard somewhere like, it's like trying to read a book about swimming. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to be able to swim by reading a book about it. And then the other thing I've seen in my own life, and I think with a lot of creative friends, is that we use learning as like a way to procrastinate because learning feels productive. It feels like we're accomplishing something, but like if you're not doing it, you're not getting the work done Like, that's how you really learn Mm. that hands-on stuff versus, like, reading an article or taking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So much. So, so, so much. The other thing that stood out to me is just that art of storytelling. So Mm. talk to me a little bit about how you really have used the art of storytelling, like, just in your day-to-day, how you show up and how you now make money because you make Mm -hmm. money from what you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my main business
2: is social media, like content creation. Um, Mm -hmm. I do a lot of work with brands that are sponsoring my projects. And then because of that, I get to create these tutorials that are free for my followers to consume. So in exchange, I'm trying to promote a product and really trying to drive sales. Obviously it's stuff I authentically love, but Mm -hmm. I can't just get up there and say like, I love this. You should buy it. Like there has to be a story and social media, that's, it's all storytelling. And so you can't just like sell to people, people Mm -hmm. learn through stories, people get emotionally involved and invested through stories. And so I Mm -hmm. think to really grow like an authentic following for me has been like learning to take people with me along my journey and Mm -hmm. take people through a story and constantly be telling stories. Um, so that's, yeah, something I didn't really realize at first. Cause at first I was just trying to obviously like curate outfits and just put up a really gorgeous mm-hmm. image and have like a unique perspective on fashion. and like, that's all good. But if there's not a story there, it's like, there's a piece missing and there's a piece that people feel like, not that you're being fake or shallow, but that you, you could be diving deeper with people and to really get that engagement on social media, you have to tell Mm -hmm. stories. You have to be talking and you have to have something people want to talk back to you about. Yeah. Did that come natural for you? You know, uh, I don't feel like it did at first, but I think once I realized that it was essential, Mm -hmm. I kind of invested in teaching myself how to do it. And part of that process is like, learning what resonates about your own story because there's a million fun facts I could tell you about myself, like how one of my teeth has a baby tooth in an adult tooth and it's like an anomaly and dentists like think it's amazing. But like, is that okay? That's like a fun fact, but like, (laughs) it's not going to take you anywhere, right? Like it's just entertainment value. You have to learn how to bring people along on a journey and like learning what about your story does that is like Mm -hmm. so essential. And I think the other piece of that for me was like, learning to love my story. There was a lot about it that I didn't want to share. Like, I didn't want to share that my t-shirt company was really a terrible flop. I didn't want to share that like, I, you know, spent all this time going into corporate and then hated it. And like, mm. it felt like a waste. It's like, there's all these pieces that felt, yeah, you just want to put your best foot forward and maybe seem like you have it all together. But when really like mm. people want to see your struggles because they want to see themselves in you and they also have struggles. Like it's, something that people have to be able to relate to and connect with.
0: So true. And I love that mm-hmm. you took the time to realize, like, what am I not talking about? And then you yeah. didn't necessarily just jump to sharing it. It wasn't right. just like, oh, I'm not talking about this and I'll put it on the, my feed tomorrow. Right? But you did the work to be curious with yourself and ask yourself, like, What is the hesitation there? What Mm -hmm. is it that people might think if they hear that? What if they hear that my t-shirt company flopped? Will they believe that I am less efficient or less successful or less like things? And I think for all of us, that's the work. The work is not just Mm. pushing past the feeling. It's Mm. actually understanding it and being curious with it so that when it comes up, I think one of the most irritating to me myths in like the mindset space and mm-hmm. kind of just like the entrepreneurial life is like, yeah. we can just stop feeling certain ways. We can just yes. stop having fear. We can just ha- stop being self-confident. I mean, uh-huh. self- whatever, yeah. the opposite of self-confidence, <laughs> need more coffee, but that's not true. Yes, <laughs> like, we yes. don't stop feeling that way. We just stop being driven by it. And so, mm, the work yeah. is how to notice it. So, it's not driving your car. So, you're right. not like six miles down the road and you're like, oh, I'm in the passenger seat. How'd I end up here? Like, the goal yep. is to be like, you don't get to drive my car. Mm-hmm. You can go in the back seat because yeah. you're going to be here. I don't. I don't have to get rid of you. It takes too much energy to get rid of it. Just like acknowledge it and put it where it goes. Yeah.
2: So I love that so much. It's like, yeah, feelings aren't really a decision to flip on and off. Like it's something you have to, yeah, deal with and bring along for the ride. But once you get out of that space of letting it drive you, especially when it comes to like what other people will think, I think that like insecurity being a driver is the most one of the strongest forces that can derail your business is being, yes, yeah,
0: sucked up in that for sure. Totally. Now, tell me about this epic DIYing that you do and yes. the journey that you take people on to like really, really love their house. Like, yeah, what is that for you? Uh huh. So,
2: I think I dive a lot into like the process of designing a space Mm -hmm. and I try to do that in a way that's like super personal. So I think a lot of times when we're designing our houses, we immediately think home decor, it's going to look a certain way. It's going to be a Mm -hmm. certain style. But the journey I try to lead people through is like, let's start with function. Let's start about Mm -hmm. like, what are we going to actually do here? What are our hobbies, our activities, our lifestyle? Like how do we need the space to work for us And then once we know that, we can move into like vibe and like, what is the feeling we want to feel in this space? And so that's when you can start choosing paint colors and getting into all that. And so Mm -hmm. the design journey really does start with like, who are you and what are you doing and how are you living in this house? And so like, obviously Pinterest is amazing. Inspo is amazing. Like I'm not going to stop pinning, but I'm not going to ever let that make me feel insufficient like make my house mm-hmm. feel insufficient or make me feel unhappy in my home like mm-hmm. because the reality is like your home has to serve you and not mm-hmm. even that you're going to decorate it and it's going to be done because it's like perfectly you like your seasons of life change as you're in mm-hmm. different areas of like going from maybe single to married to kids like whatever your journey looks like mine was all out of order by the way but um <laughs> yeah it's like you 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 have to change it so much anyway. It's not a stagnant process. So teaching people how to like reevaluate and be okay with periods that are chaotic and your house isn't serving you, but then like learn how to get on track and create spaces that, yeah, make you feel good, make you feel happy to come home that feel like a reflection of you. But also like, to me, it's a form of self-care, like to have a home and create a home that you love. It's like you love on that home and you make something that, Is a reflection of you and that serves you, it's gonna love you back. So, the days when you're down and you're feeling terrible or like those seasons of life that Mm -hmm. are like not good, your house is gonna be able to support you, which sounds funny, but like it's not. It hugs you. Yeah. When I have
0: a house that I love and I feel good in, yeah. Like it's that grounding hug. Like Mm -hmm. hugs really ground me as well as coffee. (laughs) <laughs> been around here for any amount of time I talk about the warm hug of a coffee cup. I love it. But yeah, it having a house that you love and it's not perfect. My mm. house is far from perfect and there's same, still same. some parts that I'm like this is not hugging me well. Mm. But like it's a journey, right? Okay, so yeah. if someone's like my house <laughs> is not yeah. it's not actually my safe space, it's not my grounding space, it's not the place that I feel good in. Do you have any thoughts? And this is just kind of out there. Like, where should yeah. people start? Like, where do they start? And
2: yeah. So it's kind of back to that like function, that activity, like what room are you using the most? What are you doing the most in your house? That's where we start. And that's where we start in terms of picking a room. That's where we start in terms of like buying furniture, like Mm -hmm. the stuff you use the most, what you're doing the most, those are your investment pieces. And then you can go cheap on the other stuff. Like that's Mm -hmm. how I teach people to build out a space is like, what are you going to do in here? What do you want to accomplish in here? And how do you Mm. want it to feel? And then the flip side of that is moving into like DIY. Like there's a whole other level of satisfaction that comes from like diving in and making something Mm. because then you can truly customize it to fit your life. And like, not only that, like you get to enjoy the process of making. So whether you're like a maker or whether you just want a house that fits you. And the only way to get there within your budget is to do it yourself. Like I'm here for both. And I've seen it both, like people be able to do that both, both situations. So.
0: Okay. So what are some of the things you've diy that you're like <sighs> super proud of?
2: Yeah. So My probably most iconic thing right now, which is ironic because it was like no power tools, is my wallpapered fridge. I had like a plain white fridge and I Mm -hmm. wallpapered it with black and white wallpaper and painted the handles gold. And it's amazing. Everyone loves that one. And then as far as like fun. That's cool.
0: How does that, wait. Okay. Question. I am curious about this because I'm like... I could see myself pitching that to my husband and he, who is the creative of the two of us. Uh I love me the creatives, but you know, that's why I'm married one. Um, He will be like, that's not going to work. Maybe he won't say that. He surprises me sometimes. So how does, (laughs) like, do you have to put a base on? How does one do this to a fridge?
2: Yeah. So I was really back and forth because first of all, I never used paste wallpaper, which is the kind I accidentally bought because it was the pattern. My initial plan was peel and stick. I was like, yeah, it's a vinyl sticker. It's going to be great. But nope, mm-hmm. this is full on. You wet it down. It activates the paste and it stucks really well, like surprisingly well.
0: It's holding mm-hmm. up great. Do you put so, yeah. like something over the top of it so that uh-uh. it like is washable or how does the one do this? No. So this paper is really
2: good. It is kind of washable because paper wallpaper technology has come so far along, but mm-hmm. this one kind of does feel like a, it's textured, but it's kind of plasticky like a vinyl, even though it looks matte, but so mm-hmm. it's very durable. So yeah, so far holding
0: up to all the wear and tear. That is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to get a Picture of that, and we're yes. going to put it in the show notes because I think we're all like trying to visualize like, what this, is. And that's, yeah. yeah, I love podcasts, but it's the hard thing of like, yeah, like, you know, explaining. Only imagine. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Okay, so that's something you're really proud of. What's yeah. something that you use power tools? Yes. So no, that's like your go-to. My
2: go-to, right? Yeah. That's what was funny about the fridge is it resonated so well. And I just kind of did it like in a day and was like, yeah, we'll throw it up. But yeah, no, my favorite power tool project so far is probably my giant headboard. So I redid my mm-hmm. guest room. This thing is huge. It's like a hundred and ten inches wide, over eight feet tall. I had to build it in the room because it wouldn't fit through the door. And my whole plan is like this huge, I want it to be like an accent wall. So it's very tall and then it's wide enough. So it fits a King bed, but the King bed is two extra large twins. So you can actually separate them, put a nightstand in the middle. And now you're sleeping all kinds of guests that maybe don't want to snuggle. So yeah, it's really, really a fun twist, but yeah, it's fully upholstered, like it's, it's really beautiful. Very proud of that because I hung it on the wall myself, too. I, like, used leverage and, like, hoisted it up there. I use this thing called a French cleat, which is, like, a board mm-hmm. cut at a 45-degree angle to, like, click it in there. Yeah.
0: yeah that's my, one of my favorites. I've heard my husband say that term before.
2: Yeah. sounds fancy when you just put French in the term. It's all French
0: cleat. I mean, everything is fancy when you put French in the term. Right. Yeah. That's so awesome. Okay. So if people are listening and they're like, I mean, I've never really done a lot of DIY before. Mm, yep. Like, what are some like things for them to just like, do you have like projects for them yeah. to like explore, uh-huh. like on your site? What can they start doing? If they're like, yeah. this intrigues me, but I'm real nervous. Right,
2: right. So the funny thing is like, even though I grew up using power tools, like I was scared to use a saw unsupervised because I'd always done it with my dad. So some of my very first projects were furniture builds and I literally planned them so that I could go to Home Depot and have the associate cut the lumber for me so I wouldn't have to touch a saw because I was terrified. And then I could bring the wood home Mm -hmm. and it was all cut right and I could assemble it. So I do have a project that's a $12 entryway bench, which is like, Hmm. yeah, it's made out of lumber. It's like the lowest risk you could ever take because you just need a drill. You have the Home Depot people cut it. And if it to- totally flops, you've only spent $12. So that's what I like mm-hmm. to have people start with. But mm-hmm. just in general advice, if you don't want to build the bench, um, pick a project and just buy the like one or two tools you need for that project. And then like you build your competency up. Like people look at my headboard and they're like, wow, how did you do that? I can never do that. But like I didn't just get there. I didn't just one day decide to DIY and build a headboard on the same day. Like it's been a process of like adding a new tool to my collection mm-hmm. every month and like trying a new project that maybe has an element that stretches me out of my comfort zone. Like and then I would say get plugged into community. Like you can learn anything from YouTube, but also mm-hmm. just having people to like help you along and give you tips. Like mm-hmm. I have so many different kinds of friends from people that poor epoxy to people that build these incredible like insane woodworking things Mm
0: -hmm. where it's
2: like I'm always learning from them and they I can reach out with questions yeah Um, that's what's fun about the DIY community it's very collaborative because we all kind of understand that no one can do what we do even if they have the exact same tools building the exact same plan it's going to come out different and so everyone's kind of open willing to share really encouraging
0: which is just amazing.
2: But yeah, community is huge.
0: Do you have some suggestions for some communities people could plug into? Yeah. So on Facebook,
2: there's a bunch of like DIY communities if you're just kind of like a regular DIYer. By regular, I mean like you don't necessarily want to sell your products Mm -hmm. or maybe you don't want to make it a career as far as creating content. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're interested in that, there's like uh, it's called Haven Mavens and it's this group. It's this conference. that's like a home and DIY conference. Um, It's like 90% women. So if you're a man, you might want to check out WorkbenchCon which is another conference, but both of them have Facebook groups and tons of people that you can connect with, tons of threads going about like making and like joinery and different kinds of wood and like, just like finding people in there and like following them on Instagram and DMing. I'm kind of a fan of saying like the best community as far as like tight knit community Mm -hmm. is the one you build. And that's a lesson I've learned is like, I I learned that like to find really good community that really supported me, I yeah. kind of had to be that for other people and go out and kind of make that. So like literally right now, yeah. it's like an Instagram DM group of makers that I've met and like that's my best best community, even better than the cool Facebook groups.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Like it really is about being that and then it will come it will to come, you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like when I'm in a mindset where I'm like, I got to find community and I like yeah. all these Facebook groups and I'm like posting all the things. It doesn't come. But yeah. Just like hanging out on the Instagram, which I love. Love it. Yeah. Just, like connecting and watching people's things and actually being a human. Yes. need some of the best friends and human mm-hmm. connections yeah. ever. And I like love that. So just be a, person. be a person social
2: media. Yeah. And go in with the right intention
0: too. Yeah. yeah. So much. So, so very much. Okay. I know we could talk forever. Oh, like all day. Yeah. <laughs> all day. Cause I have so many other questions, which we'll follow up. Where can people find you? How can they come get inspired to DIY, be epic, be awesome yeah. through what you're doing?
2: Yeah, so if you're just starting on your journey and you're looking for more of like design strategies, mindset work around diving into DIY, um hearing from experts, you can find my podcast which is called Make Space and that's like a home design show very specific to DIY and designing your own home that you love. Mm-hmm. And then if you're kind of more ready to dive in and like start a project and you want tutorials and like or even to follow along with my story and just kind of see Mm -hmm. my projects. Um, You can find me at never skip brunch and I'm on Instagram pretty much every day doing some kind of project. So yeah, those are kind of the two best places to connect.
0: Awesome. That is amazing. I encourage you guys to head on over, hang out, be a human. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, before we end, what is something that is making you happy today? Oh man. Okay. This is
2: not even related to DIY, but this is the first thing that popped in my head. We're going with it. So it is just the friends that I recently met at WorkbenchCon, I connected with people that were totally different, like really serious woodworkers. I was really intimidated, but just like that friendship. Um, And then today I'm just, I'm constantly laughing till my cheeks hurt. Like I, I shared with them my my chipmunk noise, which I'm not going to do for you. You're going to have to look on Instagram. But they're like <laughs> joking about it, DMing me, and it just like it brightened my whole day. And the fact that like we're not even just only ever supporting each other about DIY and about mm-hmm. like making. It's like you have to have people that can just make you laugh and make you happy. And like, that's something that as I thought I was an introvert for a long time mm-hmm. and I learned I was doing it wrong. And so now like, yeah, that kind of community is,
0: makes me happy every day. I love it. Love it. Yeah. So go connect with people that do things that you love. Yes. I have a good community of people that you can join free and paid. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, it's, Shameless plug over here. I love it. <laughs> Especially if, especially if you are like doing this stuff and you're like, I wish I could do this every day and get paid. You can. Yes. Let's go on a thriving creative journey together and figure out how to do that without burnout. You know, I hate the burnout. I don't want Mm. you to lose love for the real creativity. Um, So like, check that out. We'll put links on show notes and all of the things, but thank you so, so, so very much for joining us here today. I look forward to maybe having you back and talking about other things, life creative. Oh, yeah. So many I'm other so things. down.
2: Thank you so much for having me and I will come back anytime.
0: Awesome. <laughs> so much fun. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate you for being a part of the movement that this show is built upon which is
0: liberating creatives and artists from their feast or famine cycle so that they become creatives who consistently make money doing what they love without the hustle, bustle, and burnout that has sadly become common for too many building creative businesses. You are amazing for going against the status quo and choosing to be a creative who is defined by thriving instead of how many things you have to do on your two do list today if you haven't joined the movement yet simply review the podcast on apple Podcasts and share your review on instagram stories by sharing and reviewing you are helping way more creatives learn it is possible to make consistent money doing what you love without having to constantly hustle and struggle together we can change the landscape of being a creative and build the world we want generations of creatives to come. You're such a huge part of what we are doing here. And I'm so grateful for you. I will talk
1: to you soon.